Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along today, Thursday edition. This week has gone by ever so quickly for some reason. I agree. Good that's, to see you. That's because I was off for a couple of days, and so the time just flew. Right. Is that what it was? You were like, wow, it is so what? easy when oh. she's not here. No, it's much more difficult oh. because you're not here. As I say, when you're not here, twice as difficult, half as good. <laughs> Pretty much, but yeah. thank you. You feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, we're fine individually. Yeah. But we're much better right. as a couple, Yeah, right? I mean, who are kidding? Yeah, exactly. And everybody right. knows it. What Dean Weaver came on the other day, and he said, oh, John, see, the truth is out. Kathy's been carrying you all these years, and finally you see. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to agree. Yeah, you know? well, I think the same thing when you you're know, not here. It's just heck? the way it is. No, you're the zing. But we were together today for the oh. Pastor's Appreciation Lunch, which is uh, the 2022 edition of the Pastor's Appreciation Lunch. It's a lovely event. It was a great event. Yeah, it really was. We gathered at the Priory today with 250 of our closest pastor friends. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul Shepard, who you hear, of course, right before us, he was the uh, keynote. Man, he brought it, didn't he? I love him so much. He's my favorite. I just love him. He is so powerful. Uh, you shouldn't have favorites. It's like kids. Well, no, you have to have well, like, favorites. Well, you know, you shouldn't have favorites. You love all the pastors on Word FM. You shouldn't have favorites. Uh, well, I'm saying Paul's my but favorite. But Paul's my favorite. <laughs> Here's Paul said. For God's sake, let's get in the positivity business because we're supposed to be people of the good news. You're going to hell is not good news. <laughs> that's right. There's a way for you to escape it is. Yeah, that's fabulous, right? Yeah. In the midst of negativity, we can find the positivity. The saints are watching, he says, because people are zooming. People are zooming in his church. The saints are watching. I can't see them. This is not church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Change your attitude. All things are possible if we develop the proper mindset. I love them. Yeah. Excellent. He was really great. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling the weather in Fremont, California, it probably looks a lot like this. You think? Yeah, for Fremont's in Northern California, up oh, near, right, right. up in the San Francisco area. Yeah. I'm not, I don't remember how close it is to San Fran, but I'm sure that you don't have to drive far before it's epically beautiful. Mm, I'm sure. Which is similar to here. Kind of. I, I mean, mean, once you drive to Uniontown, it's nice. It's nice here. We're looking here at Seven Parkway Center. It's not a particularly nice day right now. I like the view. We, we look every oh, day at the water, water tower. tower. I don't like the water tower. You what? What? I never knew that. I don't. You don't like the water tower view? I would rather look out at the houses and trees and not have a utilitarian thing. Though I'm grateful that we have a water tower. I don't want it to come off like I wish we didn't have it. I think it's really cool. And I think that's great. Yeah. How old, I wonder how old the water tower is. We it's should bring somebody question. on from Green Tree. Yeah. How right? old is the water tower? Yeah. How about uh, our singer today? Yeah, Carla Bianco. Very nice. She did a great job. It was very nice to meet her. She's on Broadway. She was in yeah. Rent. Mm-hmm. Super cool, right? Yeah. Who else was up there? Oh, you and I. <laughs> we, yeah. we said hello to the crowd. Yeah. Brad Marshall, our GM. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris McCourtney. See, look there. Uh, Gary put up if you're watching at home. Oh, yeah. If you're watching online, Word FM or at um, The Word. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was there for a minute on YouTube. Listen, the Priory. You can see uh, a picture of uh, Paul Shepard today. What a gorgeous venue. You know that? Uh, the space? What did you say? A- 1854, the 1854 church was built. 1854, it was built. I mean, all the people that were there, all those thousands and thousands of people, yep. all those families. And then I, I don't know what happened at the church, why the either. church disbanded. I don't know. It had onion domes that were removed in the 50s, which mm-hmm. probably means that they didn't have enough money to maintain the upkeep on them really before that point you think the 50s the church would still be vibrant right there's another catholic church maybe what three four blocks away no from the church. 
More than you, you think that are you talking about the one over by the library? Yeah, by West Park. Oh, I bet that's a lot more than three or four blocks. You think? Oh yeah, six or seven. Did you live on the north side? I did, but up on Observatory Hill. Okay, yeah. Oh, are you, are you saying I don't know what I'm talking kind about? Of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's my old neighborhood. Uh huh. I love that. In uh, this picture that uh, Gary has placed together, mm-hmm. it looks like Paul is like in a super impo- like he's on like a super high. Mm-hmm. Like preaching pulpit, mm-hmm. and he's preaching down at me and you. Mm, good, and we're like we look like Stephen Eady. We, that's right. right. We're about to dance. <laughs> I'm telling it's, you, the crowd's going to love it. It's just how it is. Yeah. Anyway, it was a really good event. It was. So thank you to everybody who came. Wonderful time. Our uh, annual pastors' appreciation luncheon with Pastor Paul Shepherd. All right, Kath. Uh, even though we were busy today, of course, the world was continuing its revolving, mm-hmm. and along with that, the news story. So, without further ado, please give us the top four at four. For Thursday, October sixth, twenty twenty-two. Should I start with number one? Please. Captured and abandoned Russian tanks, howitzers, and fighting vehicles, quickly scrubbed of their Russian markers, have been repainted with Ukrainian crosses and are being turned against their former owners. Oh, my goodness. How about that? Interesting article in today's Wall Street Journal talking about Ukraine's rapid breakthrough in the Kharkiv region uh, region a month ago. Um, There are hundreds of pieces of Russian armor that are now being used for the Ukrainian army, military officials say. Some Russian pieces of equipment were ready for immediate use while others were being repaired to return to the front. Crucially, Russia has also left behind large quantities of Soviet standard artillery shells that had nearly run out in Ukraine. Mm, mm, mm. Good job. Number two, the death of a 16-year-old girl during Iran's ongoing anti-government protests and, of course, the attempt by the government to cover it up is just giving more fuel to the demonstrators um, who are out on the streets again today. Nika Shakarami disappeared in Tehran September 20th after burning her headscarf in protest and being followed by security forces, her family told the BBC, citing the account of a friend who was with her at the time. The government did not disclose her whereabout. It was days later that they said that they found her body. It was behind a building and she had fallen. Of course, nobody believed that. Um, The protests now are sweeping the country and are a formidable challenge to Iran's clerical leadership. It's decades of pent-up angst, John, which isn't a a surprise to anybody, right? Um, People just want freedom, especially women want freedom, especially women who see other women who are injured by the government. 50% of the population is pushed down deeply. People are going to uprise sooner or later. Mm -hmm. Read the rest of the article in today's Washington Post. Number three. Can you? I feel like we should have trumpets at this point. Mm. After more than two years of publishing data on COVID-19 cases and deaths on a daily basis, the CDC announced today they're not doing it anymore. Really? Can you believe it? Really? They're only going to do weekly updates, okay. and that is that. I mean, is that that's just really great news? Okay, so the pandemic must be over. The you CDC think it's over? So. I would like to say no longer it's tracking over. it. And number four, I've got a weird animal story for oh, you. Very nice. Mm-hmm. You're invited to Fat Bear Week. 
I've been reading about Have this. Have you? Yeah. I'm excited. It's mm-hmm. a week-long bracket-style elimination contest that mm-hmm. pits the fattest of bears in Alaska's Katmai National Park against one another. The public votes on a website hosted by Mike Fitz, founder of Fat Bear Week, and the bear with the most votes advances to the next round. Voting began yesterday, and the king or queen of the pack will be named on October 11th, otherwise known as, wait for it, Fat Bear Tuesday. And that's your top four. At four. Very nice. Did you know that Katmai National Park has four million acres? Wow. Southwest of Anchorage. Holy And 2,200 brown bears live there, one of the largest populations of the species in the whole world. And I bet you some of those bears are very fat, indeed. Okay, this is what you have to do. You have to go on the website and look, because they have before and after pictures. Okay, so they show the bear before they started getting ready for hibernation. And then they show the bear as he's packing it on. <laughs> That's cool. And then you have to put, you have to throw your weight, so to speak, mm-hmm. behind the bear who you feel is the best chunk. Oh, really? And so there'll be like a, a little vote and they just get. Last year, 600,000 people voted. So this is not like. Kind of thing. The, the guy who started it was like, this would be like a funny thing for mm-hmm. 20 people to do. And 600,000 people later. Yeah. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of fat bear, I see that you uh, you nixed the uh, dessert today. I did. Yeah, it was good. Was it? It oh, looked good. It looked it very delicious. pretty. Yeah. Do you, well, I told you why I did. Mm. Because last night at 1230, after you oh, and I stopped right. texting, I was eating coffee ice cream with mini chocolate chips, and my pants felt tight today. Oh, oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Right. Thank you. There you go. There's, there's, there's an update. That's good. All right. That's good. I just don't want to be part of Fat Bear Week. I get it. Me personally. No, of course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, although it would be nice to take a nap for about five months. <laughs> it would. It? And I could be impressive in a before and after. <laughs> Bill Glaze is with us next. Mental health and the Bible. That's straight ahead. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. 101.5 WORD. She was giving me the ultrasound and she turned on the sound and my baby had a heartbeat. I have a baby inside of me. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you could provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY, or go to wordfm.com. Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today, and I'm trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Perkel and Giza Dream bed sheets marked down as low as twenty nine ninety eight, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for forty nine ninety nine. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of nineteen ninety eight with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. This is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. 
Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Did you know you can read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in just 18 minutes? Yet packed into this short talk are more life-changing teachings than anywhere else in the Bible. In my new book, 18 Minutes with Jesus, I'll unpack the radical insights from Jesus' best-known but least-followed teachings on faith, prayer, money, and more. Pick up a copy of 18 Minutes with Jesus at bookstores everywhere. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. They personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl, (laughs) I'm the cute one here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Christian television is one of the best ways to tell the world the truth, where you don't have to live in chaos, and you can access peace and hope, and that there is a God who loves you. Bridge of Hope is coming soon on Cornerstone Television Network. Get involved and hear from special guests, Auntie Ann Beeler, founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels, David and Nicole Binion, Jay Gilbert, Mike Smalley, and Jennifer Evaz. Join us October 3rd through 7th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Bethany Baptist Church in the Homewood neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Pastor Bill Glaze joins us in his regular monthly time. Hey, Bill, how are things? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I can't complain. We, you know, we had Pal today. We were sorry we missed you because I thought I might check you out today. Oh no, I just couldn't make it. Uh, I had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You growing your beard? Yeah, I, I am. Very nice. I am. I, well, I, I've never stopped growing. Oh, I thought you got rid of it. Like no, that. is that is that for winter? Do you, do you no, increase the beard size in winter? No, I keep it uh, pretty full all year all year round. I just try to keep it trimmed up and looking neat, but uh, I keep it pretty full all year long. We were just talking about Fat Bear Week. Uh, there's this oh. national park in Alaska, and they have the large, the world's largest concentration of brown bears. And so you can go online and look at the video and the still photographs of, that are taken of uh, there are 12 bears in the running. And you have to decide yeah. which bear is preparing best for hibernation, as in which one is really oh. putting on the pounds. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's why they call it fat bear. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now we were at uh, we were at the pastor appreciation lunch today, Bill, and uh, they were serving dessert. This isn't that that dessert was so good. I could have had a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I really could have. You could have because I because w- I told the the person yeah. to give you mine. Yeah, just because I care so they much. They took it away That's before sad. I had a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was sitting in between two lovely women, and um, neither of them wanted to touch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are you with how are you with that, Bill? Uh, I, we were talking to one of the guys here. He was saying, "Oh, I lost all this weight. I gave up sugar." I mean, I, yeah. how do you give up sugar? Well, I tell you what, uh, I have diabetes, and oh. uh, you, you'll you give it up or face the consequences. It'll so, kill you. It'll, uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I haven't I haven't completely, but I've, I've cut back a whole lot. Interesting. Uh, so it was it was hard. It's, it's, it's a struggle, but, you know, you, you come to the place where you contemplate your health and your life, yep. you know, opposed to right. enjoying the, the, the pleasures of sweets for a season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I didn't think about diabetes. You know, and another thing, I, I gave up uh, a sugar from his two years, Bill, and I never got easier. That was the really yeah. disappointing part for right. me. <laughs> and then you just right. finally succumb to it. You succumb to it, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't take too long before you're back at it. Right. People say you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm a, a soda. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a weakness for soda. Do you? So, mm-hmm. 
that's what I, you know, I can deal with the, the cakes and the pies and the candy. Mm-mm. My my struggle is with soda. So, yeah. yeah. That's a daily battle for me. Right. That'll make you crazy, that's for sure. It really will. All right. So, so speaking of crazy, Bill, I didn't mean to do the, the intro here. You're here to talk to us about mental health in the Bible. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm a, I'm a part of a team uh, here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's uh, about four professors from the University of Pittsburgh, and then there's three pastors. And we have uh, put together a presentation on mental health in the church, and we're actually presenting it at a national conference in Chicago later on this month. Uh, So my piece in the presentation is, you know, mental health in in the Bible. So, you know, I'll be making a presentation on that. And, you know, just to say that, you know, the Bible does have a lot to say about mental health issues. You know, it it deals with uh, the less severe ones, you know, and then it, you know, goes and deals with the more severe ones. You know, as you think about maybe some of the less severe ones, you know, you might think of... uh, uh, Ruth, who was dealing with depression, I mean, uh, bitterness. Uh, you think about Elijah, and he was dealing with uh, depression. Uh, Job, and he was dealing with grief. You know, when you look at uh, Jonah, he definitely had an issue with uh, anger. And then even as you move into the New Testament, uh, Martha, uh, Jesus told her that she was uh, worried and that she was anxious. So, you know, we see mental health in the Bible presented on those levels, and then we see, in some cases, more severe uh, uh, presentations of mental health. You know, when you think about uh, Saul and after David killed Goliath, and then the number one song uh, on the charts. This might have made the number one uh, song on Word FM. <laughs> it was uh, David has, Saul has killed his thousands, and David has killed his ten thousands. So, mm. you know, Saul actually became jealous uh, as a result of that, and, you know, he became obsessed from that point on with uh, taking David's life. And so, you know, as I was doing research, you know, there was a lot of people that believed that Saul might have been dealing with a, a, and I know there was some demon activity going on there too, but, you know, some people believe that he was dealing with a severe case of mental illness. And then, you know, even as we look at uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, as we read the book of Daniel, you know, we see that he was uh, uh, afflicted with a condition called lycanthropy, where, you know, he actually, uh, some people, you know, say that he thought that he was, you know, a wolf man, and he was out in the field uh, with the with the animals. Uh, now, the Bible does say that he grew feathers and he grew claws, but there was also a mental condition that came along with that also. So some people believe that, you know, he was dealing with a severe uh, mental condition. And then, you know, even as we look into the New Testament, we see that severe mental illness was even around during Jesus' day. Yeah. Uh, you may recall that they accused Jesus of, uh, of of having a mental illness, you know, to the point where his family, you know, they came and they they told, okay, come on, Jesus, now, you know, come come on back home where you can where we can take care of you. So, you know, you know, mental illness was so prevalent in that day that people thought that uh, some people thought that we know that he didn't. We know that he was God and he backed up what he said. But some people thought he had a mental illness. And, and you remember Paul, where he was witnessing to Agrippa uh, or Festus, and they told Paul that much learning have made thee mad. And the idea of mad is, you know, almost to go insane. So, you know, the Bible does speak a lot about uh, mental illnesses, you know, from, again, the, the milder situations of bitterness and depression and, and grief, you know, to the more severe where, you know, people, you know, probably uh, in today's term, we would tell them that they need to 
need to go see a, a professional and get, get on some type of medication. Therapist, yeah. I wonder, so, and all that study, Bill, that's really fascinating, your research here, and then you're going to present this paper. So as it show, as the Bible shows mental illness, and clearly from what you've provided, you can see that, but what about the cures for mental illness? Was there ever any talk about that? I mean, that's the other side of the coin. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, what, what, what we present is uh, there's two type of uh, conditions. There's organic conditions, which a person would need, you know, they, they may be dealing with a hormonal issue, they may be dealing with a chemical imbalance, or some type of, uh, you know, uh, disturbance of their, the, the natural processes of the body. And then there's inorganic, which, you know, would be things like depression and anger, which, you know, we believe that uh, th- those, those inorganic issues can be addressed you know, from the scripture, uh, I would say that people dealing with uh, with an organic problem, you know, again, such as a chemical imbalance, something of that nature, yeah. you know, those individuals need to go see a uh, a professional uh, and and get the uh, medication that they need. But I would also say, along with that, that you probably need to see a Christian therapist or you need mm-hmm. to see a biblical counselor to address the biblical side of it, because you know the secular uh, uh, individuals, you know, they they deal with uh, the humanistic side, and, and they address it from the humanistic side. You know, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, so we actually need somebody that's not only going to address, you know, the, the physical part, but we need somebody that's going to address the spiritual part, too. And, you know, once we begin to address that spiritual part, you know, I think of what, what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said that he came that we might have life and that we might have a more abundantly. And when you think about life, we, we know first and foremost he was talking about eternal life. But then he said abundant life. And that abundant life, you know, would, would be things like peace, joy, happiness, you know, and uh, a sound mind. You remember Paul told Timothy mm-hmm. that uh, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That that word sound actually means uh, to, the ability to be able to reason, mm-hmm. the ability to be able to uh, work your way through situations and, and deal with the circumstances of life. So I, I believe that as Christians— that God has given us uh, this sound mind. When we got saved, we, we have this ability to have this sound mind. Uh, and But, you know, we have to exercise it, and we have to uh, nurture it. Or if not, you know, it can become, uh, it can get out of out of balance, and then, you know, we'll, be, we'll find ourselves dealing with some severe mental health issues. Very good. Bill Glaze is with us from Bethany Baptist Church in the Homewood section of Pittsburgh. Um, I guess I want to ask you, Bill, about just the uncomfortability we have in talking about mental illness. Um, I remember reading, uh, this was oh, year, at least 10 years ago, um, what about one of my favorite um, hymns, This Is My Father's World. I've always mm. loved that hymn. I think it's such a beautiful hymn, has such wonderful words, and I was reading about the guy who wrote it. Um, Babcock was his last name and um, his perpetual struggle with mental health and how he was clinically depressed and had been for a long time um, and died by suicide. And, you know, it's such a sad it's such a sad story. But, you know, I talked about it in church one time and I had several people come up and say how meaningful it was for Mm. them to think that somebody who struggled like they did with suicidal thoughts um, was still honored as a brother in Christ and, you know, one, um, with issues like we all have. Um, and then I had other people come up and say how, how mad that made them because they didn't want to know 
Like now that, right. you know, now you muddied the water. Right. So long. Right. Now that's all they're going to think of when they, you know, yeah. hear this is my father's world. I think right. that's that's kind of the point of it is that we have yeah. to we have to know that we're very frail and, you know, beautiful things can come out of frail people. But there's still such a stigma around it, isn't there? Right. Right. And, and you know, just, you know, real quick, Kathy, to address, you know, your, your comment. And that is some of the greatest men and women of God in the Bible had severe issues. You know, again, you look at Moses. Moses, he wanted to die. He asked the Lord to take his life. You know, Job, and if you read the third chapter of Job, Job cried out to God over and over again. He wished he had never been born. You know, you think of Jeremiah, the prophet, and, you know, he asked God to take his life. So, you know, as you pointed out, the, the guy that wrote, you know, this is my father's world, you know, you just think of the company that he's he's in league with, you know, not only him who wrote this hymn, but some of the greatest, you know, uh, people of God in the Bible. And and you're absolutely right that, you know, it's, it's something that's kind of taboo. Uh, you know, in, in my presentation, I point out the fact that in 2019, Life Ray Research, uh, they surveyed pastors and congregants, and they found that 49% of pastors rarely or never speak in their church on mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So, wow. uh, you know, that's that's quite significant, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, half of the churches, half of the Christian churches in our country are not addressing mental health issues. So, you know, people, for the most part, are not finding help in the church. So, you know, they a lot of people just continue on to suffer in silence. Yeah. Mental health in the church. Bill, this is fascinating. After you present, and uh, um, tell us when that is, but will we be able to um, see read um the presentation you know I, I i can check it out you know with the people that's putting on the conference i'm i i would imagine that they're going to record it so uh once i get that information i can i can definitely let you know yeah we'd be curious about that because i mean it's a great resource for people right i mean it's something we need to talk about and engage in right. so thanks for that hey bill before you leave us talk to us about bethany how are things uh, you're open right and you know things are back to normal so to speak well we're open and things are back to normal, but, you know, people are a little slow about coming back. Mm. So we're not at full strength in our congregation. Uh, and I keep telling you that, that our new sanctuary is complete. Uh, we're still waiting for occupancy from it. So uh, whenever we get that, uh, you guys will receive an invitation. Fabulous. Uh, but thank you. Things are, are rolling on at Bethany Baptist Church. Very good. And so soon and very soon, you'll be moving into the new sanctuary. That, that's our hope. Uh, can't wait we're we're trusting god you're you're exactly right we can't wait excellent bill it's always a pleasure thanks so much very interesting topic here all right maybe i can talk about it some more the next time i come on i'd love to yeah and then maybe we can talk about fat bear week too well just stay away from the sugar (laughs) all right bill always a pleasure bill glaze bethany baptist church we're going to come back and talk about a bad behavior by a tourist this is kathy emmons John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Uncle Ryan, the news. We need a watchdog. A panic room. Because mortgage rates have gotten higher? But the news, Uncle Ryan. It's like the British are coming. Or worse, a birthday catastrophe. I'm sorry. can't say that word, catastrophe. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, we're going heavy on the jokes to make a point. Mortgage rates are up. And no, it's not optimal for anyone. But there is another reality. Life does go on. Maybe you're ready for your first home, your dream home, or maybe it's time to downsize. 
Life goes on. Rates have been higher in the past, and good people still need new homes. The point we want to make is... If you buy a new home this year... And you don't use our direct lender advantage... Which can often save you monthly and lifelong money... Along with us paying $1,000 of your closing costs... You'd be crazier than a watchdog in the panic room. See what we did there? We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. This is Greg Trzinski from the Original Mattress Factory. Sometimes customers are a little surprised when they first walk through our doors. They don't always expect our prices to be so fair for such a high-quality product. My father found that producing our mattresses in our own local factories would eliminate the middleman, providing a higher-quality product at a lower price than mainstream brands. It's the secret to our success that we are happy to share with anyone that comes through our doors. Visit an OMF location today to see the original Mattress Factory secret for yourself. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters ship directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hi, I'm Kelsey Wiggins, a teacher in Gilmore City Bridegate School District in Iowa. Thanks to a science, technology, engineering, and math grant sponsored by Bear Fund, we renovated an old locker room into a monarch butterfly incubator, providing students with access to innovative technology that engages and inspires them. I encourage farmers to nominate a school district to apply for a $15,000 Grow Rural Education Grant by visiting americasfarmers.com. Lots of clouds around tonight, below 49. A breezy, cool day tomorrow with a shower in some spots in the morning. Mix of clouds and sun by afternoon. Grab the jacket of the high tomorrow, 54 degrees. It stays cool on Saturday with partly sunny skies. The high 54 again. Sunny on Sunday, nice end to the weekend with a high of 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Rose Tamburino. Speaking of mental illness, which we just did with Pastor Bill Glaze, police have detained an American tourist at a Vatican museum after he disfigured two ancient Roman sculptures by hurling them to the floor. No! The man toppled the artwork on Wednesday at the Chiramonti Museum, which is part of the Vatican Museums and home to one of the most important collection of Roman portrait busts. Italian newspapers reported that the man grew angry because he, quote, uh, wanted to see the Pope and could not see the Pope. So a representative for the Vatican Museum told the Washington Post that the motive was unclear. Uh, the Vatican police had handed the man over to Italian authorities. Um, apparently, um, the spokesman said the 65-year-old man had been in Rome for about three days and appeared to be, quote, psychologically distressed. Mm. He was given an aggravated property damage charge and then released. I don't know. It's amazing that the busts are available and, you know. Listen, in any museum you go to, do you ever walk up and think, I can't believe they let me get this close to this? Yeah. 
paintings. I mean, when whatever. You, I mean, look at the sculptures just at, the, at our own Carnegie. Right. I mean, there's a Rodin sculpture. You're thinking, I, I'm right there. I'm, I I could touch it. And people are walking by it all the time. I mean, it's like right out in the middle of, you know, I mean, it's not like it's off to the side or are something. Are you never intimidated by the, um, you know, I, I can't call it a security guard. What would you call it, I wonder? What would they call those people? I would call them security. Really? I think so. Well, they're not armed or anything. like. They're just a guy, in a, you know, in a white shirt. I didn't know that they weren't armed. I don't think that I mean, they not are. that, I, like, I don't I'm think not. they are. It's, it's just amazing how close you can get to mammothly mm-hmm. priceless works of art. Yes. And that things like this don't happen more often. Yep. Hey, speaking of the Carnegie, uh, the International. Yes, the International is going yeah, on. I'm going to wait until like yeah, me too. January. Yep. That's exactly what I'm going to go. Someday after yeah, church. Yeah, I'll go with you. All right, great. Yeah, love I'd love to see it. Walk around. And, I would love know. to see it. Yeah. I was just at the Carnegie. We did the whole art museum. Did you? Um, did you? I want to say it was July nice. and it had been a while since I was there. It was before COVID mm-hmm. since I had been there and I super geeked out. It was wonderful. Excellent. I think the last time we were there, we were with our boys and of course they weren't, you know, all that into it. No. So then you kind of like, as a dad, you're, like, well, you're worrying. About, okay. These guys. Then you feel like you're a docent. Exactly. You're like trying to interest them in the museum. Guys, let me show you this. And they're like, okay, can we go to the gift shop? The gift shop's way nicer than it used to be. Is it? Yes. Really? It's super nice. The one at the at the at the history museum. Oh, that's excellent. Is super nice. Yeah. How about the uh, John Hines? Yeah, John Hines, right? No, I mean the one at the Natural History Museum at, at the Carnegie. There. Oh yeah. Okay. There's two now. There's not. Really? There's the Art Museum gift shop, and then there's the Natural oh, History Museum gift shop. They're both super nice. Don't you like a gift shop? Yes. Yeah, I do too. At a museum for yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. How I about love the it. Metropolitan Museum of Art? Online has a very nice gift Are shop. You ca- doesn't it? I yeah. love it. Uh-huh. But going when you're there mm. is way is way better. Course, yeah. Can I just go there? I would just love to go there. To New York, New York. Yeah. So nice and into twice. 101.5 WORD. In his brand new series called Clinging to Hope, Chuck Swindoll helps us understand how to respond when our bodies fail us. Are any of you sick? What do you do? If you're going to think biblically, let's let the Bible give us instruction on what to do. Don't miss the helpful messages coming ahead this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Christian television is one of the best ways to tell the world the truth, where you don't have to live in chaos and you can't access peace and hope and that there is a God who loves you. 
Bridge of Hope is coming soon on Cornerstone Television Network. Get involved and hear from special guests Auntie Ann Beeler, founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels, David and Nicole Binion, Jay Gilbert, Mike Smalley, and Jennifer Evaz. Join us October 3rd through 7th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At Cintas, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe, comfortable, and performing their best. So your business can too. For workwear, essential cleaning products, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. How are you with admitting you're wrong? Well, not good all the time. But I've gotten better at it because I've... Done it a lot. I've specifically practiced doing right. it. Yeah, just saying it out loud. Because you know that's very painful. Yes, it is. To do. But I'm, you but you can get... It's like a muscle. Right. You can get used to it. I mean, marriage and having kids give you plenty of opportunities yeah. to say, okay, I, I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I'm really, but it is hard to do. You're right. Being about on that. the radio also gives, seems to provide <laughs> yeah. fertile ground. Because there's proof of you being wrong, yep. right? It's on the radio. Cy Gard is back with us. Cy's a regular guest on our show. Cy's a biochemist, a retired professor. He's also the author of a book, The Works of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. And Cy's here today to talk to us about uh, science and technology, it's perfectly fine to admit you're wrong. Sai, is it really perfectly fine? Absolutely. It's Good. required. <laughs> okay, so you say it's fine, but there are very few times when, like, the average person, I would consider myself an average person, who, you know, say there is, you know, a certain assumption that, uh, well, okay, so Pluto. So Pluto was a planet. Right, we all thought it, we all thought Pluto was yeah, a planet, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden Pluto's not a planet. Now, I'm not saying that's something that you that you need to apologize for, but there wasn't a whole lot of explanation of like this is why we've decided, or you know what right. I, what I mean. Astronomers and, didn't say my bad. And the reason I bring it up is just because people in our culture day seem to talk about science in this elevated way, like it's the ultimate truth. It tells exactly. us truth about everything, and it can never be wrong. Right. And, and that's why I wanted to talk about it today, because the reality of the situation is that scientists are wrong all the time. I mean, on a daily basis. Yeah. And uh, we know that. And we often don't make that very clear to the public, as you just said, Kathy. I mean, sometimes uh, we tend to make pronouncements that sound like, you know, we're, this is the truth and it can never be changed. That's simply not the case. And, and no scientist would ever say that it is. I mean, I've published in my in my many papers, there were two papers I published that turned out to be completely wrong. 
and I admitted them. I mean, I admitted it. I always do. Uh, one was, it wasn't that I cheated or I pr did fraud or anything. It was just like I made a mistake. And so did my collaborators. So that happens. It happens all the time. And I have one quick story. I hope it's quick that, yeah. that kind of illustrates this. And I, I had taken on a new graduate student who was a brilliant girl. She had, she had graduated Harvard with, I don't know, uh, perfect A's, you know, all, all A's and wow. way, way better than anything I'd ever done in college. And she wanted to be a graduate student and uh, she was quite good in the lab. And I assigned her a project and I told her that I had this idea and I want, you know, and I wanted her to test it, which was uh, what she could do in the lab. And then I didn't hear anything from her for several weeks. And when I did get back to her and asked her, finally asked her what's going on, she was incredibly depressed. And she said, well, it didn't work. And I said, you mean the experiment didn't work? And she said, yeah. She said, yeah, uh, I didn't get the right answer. Hmm. And I asked her what, what actually she had done, and she had done everything correctly. Uh, but the answer she got was not what I thought it would be. It turned out I was wrong. I, but what she did find was great. And in fact, we published a paper on it. Wow. Uh, and I explained to her that unlike when you're in college or high school or wherever and, and you're studying facts that you have to memorize and you take a test, and if you get the facts wrong, you're wrong. That's now how that's not how it works in scientific research. You don't know the answer. You're trying things out and you may make a guess that turns out to be completely wrong. And then you learn something from that. That's excellent. And that's how science works. Yeah. And she had a very hard time with that. And uh, eventually she, in fact, she, she left. She decided not to be a scientist. Really? So, it, you know, it, this is something that's really important for, for people to understand when they, when they uh, encounter scientific arguments. In many cases, uh, in most cases, good scientists will say, here is the evidence we have to say that this is true. Uh, but nobody will ever say this is an undisputable fact. It's absolutely correct. It can never be argued with or, or it can never be changed because new things come along all the time. And we have to be willing to say, you know what? I was wrong. And what this reminds me of is the same situation is exactly true when we talk about our Christian faith. I mean, one of the bases of Christianity is to admit that you're a sinner, right? Yeah. You have to say, I have done wrong things. You, I have been mistaken. I have said and done things that were wrong, and I repent of that, and I admit it. And at that point, you know, we're told uh, we're forgiven. So I, I think that there's a really strong uh, harmony between the, between the two things, and, and both science and Christian faith rely on the idea of truth. You know, is truth being a really high standard? Uh, it's, it's not something that's very easy. You have to really work at it. And that's true in both, I think, both of our, in, in both scientific work. And it's also true in our, in our Christian walk. Uh, we need to work. And sometimes we're going to get things wrong. Yeah. And the only bad thing is not to admit it, mm -hmm. is to stick to something whether it's in science or your faith journey or, or anything else, and to stick to something even when, you know, it's clear that you're wrong about it 
And, you know, we know many politicians do this. Sure, <laughs> sure. I'm not going to go into yeah. any detail, but, you know, they will stick to something and, and hold to it. And then finally, they just, when it's proven that they're wrong, they can't, still can't admit it. And they go downhill. Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Let me inter- one of the uh, the intersection of uh, theology and science is something that Kath and I run up against often, which our audience is deeply engaged in, which is right. the idea of the age of the earth and what right. that means theologically. People really are willing to die on that hill. Yeah, and yeah. they and they're certain that they're right. Well, yeah, and that and that's a mistake. I mean, it's a mistake both for uh, people with a religious sense and for scientists. Now. You can say, as as I would say, if somebody asked me how old is the Earth, I would say there's overwhelming evidence that the Earth is uh, four four and a half billion years old, and the universe is thirteen whatever point eight billion years old. Uh, could that be wrong? It could. It might be somewhat different. I don't think it would ever get down to six thousand years, but it's possible. <laughs> uh, but highly improbable. I mean, the amount of evidence that would have to be, uh, you know, changed for that to be true is is huge. But still, it's always possible to be wrong. And if the evidence, and if you are convinced, the main thing, the main thing I'm trying to get across though is. Usually when you're wrong, you know it. You may not be willing to verbalize it. You may not even be willing to admit it to yourself. But there's a voice inside you that is telling you that you're wrong. And when that voice speaks up, you should listen and admit it because there's no shame in being wrong. Everybody has been wrong with one exception, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. But everyone else, I mean, look at, look at, Saint Paul, uh, Saint uh, Saint Peter, you know he was. Look what he did at at the time of the of the arrest of Jesus. He mm-hmm. denied him three times, and he it was predicted he would do so, and he swore he wouldn't, but he did. That was a wrong thing to do. It sure was, <laughs> and he repented, and yeah. he became you know the leader of the faith. So, you know, are we better than Peter? I don't think so. Mm-mm. So uh, then so I'd say we, the, the key then in what you're saying here is it's okay to be wrong, but you have to admit it. And people exactly. people just don't want to admit they're wrong, Si. And I know. And that's that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the problem? Yeah, that is the problem. It's the world we live in. That's right. Dr. Cy Gart is uh, with us, biochemist. Um, check out his book called The Works of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question quickly um, because you it, you just kind of jogged my memory. I was at a natural history museum in a different city over the summer, and um, I was looking at an exhibit about early man, and it was interesting. Um, and it was, you know, talking about – it was giving very specific detail about the day-to-day life of early man. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself – now, I'm not an archaeologist, I'm not an anthropologist, but just by virtue of common sense, you can't be that sure <laughs> right. of what the day-to-day life of early man was. Yeah. You just can't. You can. We have some ideas, but that's a whole different thing than saying this is what it is. So if I went into a museum, a natural history museum, I would love to hear our best guess or evidence right. is pointing us in the direction of assuming X as opposed to this is it. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you're absolutely right, Kathy. And in fact, that, that whole field of science has changed so much and so many times because people got new discoveries and realized they've been wrong about something and they had to change it. 
That's good. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We used to think uh, the T Rex. We used to think the T Rex stood upright. Oh, he doesn't. No, <laughs> he doesn't. That but may we, be wrong. Right, that may be wrong. You might want right now, right now, we think he he you know leaned forward, but you know. Anyway, yeah. humility is the key to the game. Very good. Cy, it's always a pleasure. We love you, Cy. We appreciate you know your inquiries and uh, to say you're right or wrong, you're happy. we're happy that you're with us as a guest. <laughs> Thanks. Great to be here. Plus, I'd go to a museum with Cy anytime, oh, wouldn't you? Oh, my gosh. Cy Gart, the works of his hands, a scientist's journey from atheism to faith. He admitted he was wrong. He admitted he was wrong. Nice job, Cy. Yeah. Take a quick break. Come back. We're getting underway here. It's the ride home. Do you know how much you're really paying for life insurance through work? I can almost guarantee you're overpaying for limited coverage. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent for over 20 years. My clients are shocked to learn how expensive life insurance at work really is because of a rate that's driven up by unhealthy people. Why pay more when you don't have to? For over 35 years, SelectQuote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. I found a 40-year-old man with high blood pressure, a $500,000 policy for only $18 a month. Don't procrastinate. Workplace Open Enrollment will be here soon. Let SelectQuo save you money and get you the coverage you need to protect your family. For your free quote in just minutes, call 1-800-865-2266. That's 1-800-865-2266. 1-800-865-2266. Or go to SelectQuo.com. Full details on example policy and carrier ratings at SelectQuo.com slash commercials. Price could vary by health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today, and I've trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Brickell and Giza Dream bed sheets marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. The new Google Pixel 7 Pro is super, especially when it's on Verizon, the network America relies on. It's supercharged, super-powered, and a super... Uh, deal. You know it. Now, switch to Verizon and get the Google Pixel 7 Pro on us with select trade-ins and select 5G unlimited plans. That really is super. Yep. There's never been a better time to switch to Verizon. $899.99 device payment purchase with new smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon e-gift card with ported. Less $700 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trade-in conditions and additional terms apply. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. It's fall, and of course, uh, for homeowners, it's gutter cleaning season. Now, this is not a commercial for gutter cleaning. No, and it's not a job that 
I would say 99% of the populace mm-hmm. looks forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of the populace probably doesn't do it until there's some kind of backup or there's water in your basement or something's gone wrong. Right. Those fortunate people have those gutter guards, but they themselves gutter need to be cleaned. Yeah. You know, those I looked kind into of that. That's pricey. It is. But listen, the last time I cleaned my gutters, I get up there on that ladder. Uh, and I've never been afraid of heights. I get up there. I was like, Good. What, what am I doing up here? Good. What am I doing Good, up here? that's the right way to be. So I, I got down off the ladder. <laughs> my legs were a little jelly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called somebody. Yeah. So gutter cleaning, a necessary, uh, messy job. Um, how to deal with your gutters? Uh, they're saying the best thing to do is to hire someone, a pro. Yes, who knows what they're insurance. doing and has the right equipment. Right. Because another problem is if you try to get up, your ladder's probably short, stinky, or or just short. Yeah, that was a problem. My, my ladder was just uh, my ladder was like maybe six inches over the edge of the gutter, which necessitated oh, me coming horrible. at an angle, a high angle, and so that's not good. Um, what they're saying is, for a lot of people like me, I, I have my neighbor's trees, my neighbor's trees. Oh, that are dropping on your house. They lean over my house. Yeah, sure. So all of the detritus from the tree is... So, you know, I looked at it. I said to the guy, right. would you cut these trees? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to get on it. It's a nuisance tree, essentially. I can't force the guy to do that, but his stuff is in my gutters. Um the best way to do it, of course, other than hiring someone, is to have the proper equipment, which would include having heavy-duty gloves, mm-hmm. scooping that stuff all the way out of there, putting it into a bucket. I remember going up and down, up and down, up and down. And then, when you're all done, getting the hose and cleaning the inside of the gutters to make sure that the water flows down as it should. Right. And despite our my husband's very best attempts, mm-hmm. and we have you know pretty nice-fitting gutter guards. Mm-hmm. There is some bird in our little yard or neighborhood area that puts a nest in there every single year. Yeah, because it's a nice place to hang out. I mean, so mm-hmm. every time we think, "Oh, did we did we did we miss him this year?" Yeah, nope. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I was in the basement last night. <laughs> I was in the basement. I heard a cricket. <laughs> I got a cricket in my basement. How did a cricket get in my basement? I have no idea. It was kind of sweet. Well, I like I love that sound. Yeah, me too. Okay, I read something. We have a lot of thousand leggers. Oh, our do, you? do you have those? No. Okay. Oh, they gross. My my wife goes. Okay. okay. Well, listen. Just in case you see them, yeah. I read something that was extremely persuasive about them recently, oh. which is that their their most preferred food item, if they can get it, is uh cockroaches and cockroach uh, eggs. So if you're looking for a natural approach, if you might have roaches, if you have thousand leggers, they said most likely you will never have a roach if you have thousand leggers. So I've never had a roach in my house. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. And thank goodness for this climate that we have that keeps us from having that. But it could be perhaps because of the thousand leggers that are protecting us. It could be. Yeah. I mean, I lived in an apartment in New York City. Oh, so... Uh, I live two in two apartments in Oakland. Oh, how about the worst thing in the world? When you are get up in the middle of the night and yep. turn the light on, uh-huh. and that horrible uh-huh. sound they make. Oh, uh, or oh, it's I mean, I remember so being disgusting. I remember being, a, you know, I was like twenty something years old, lying in bed in New York City, and a roach scurrying across you. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I remember calling my landlord in North Oakland. Yeah. 
and saying, uh, I'm sorry, I just need I need to report that we have roaches up here. And you know what her response was? <laughs> her response was, no, you don't. Oh, okay. Thank you. So you're not coming over. You're not going to send over an exterminator. No, all right. I wish it was that easy, ma'am. Yeah, you do. All right, cleaning your gutters, thousand leggers and roaches. You heard it here. It's the ride home. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Discount code ERIC. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Republican Senator Tom Cotton says most American voters are well aware the sky-high gas prices are no accident. It's not bad luck by Joe Biden. This is decline by design. The Democrats want high gas prices because they want to get you off of your or out of your big gas-guzzling SUV or your terrible minivan for all your children and to take electric vehicles. He says dismay over high gas prices. Just one reason he predicts Republicans will recapture majorities and both the House and Senate in the midterm elections. He was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. A federal judge halting key provisions in New York's latest attempt to restrict who can carry a handgun in public and where firearms can be bought. The judge said licensing requirements, like a rule requiring applicants to turn over information about their social media accounts, went too far. This is SRN News. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-SHARE. 55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. Hearth and Home Furnishings in Zelenopol offers plenty of ways to get cozy this fall. Bring beauty, value, and warmth to your home with their wide selection of American-made gas, electric, and wood-burning fireplaces. Or choose the authentic rustic charm of a gas or wood-burning stove or insert. 
and their realistic vented gas logs allow you to set the mood without the mess. Relax and get comfortable with Hearth and Home Furnishings in Zelianople at hearthandhomepa.com. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Lots of clouds around tonight, below 49. A breezy, cool day tomorrow with a shower in some spots in the morning. Mix of clouds and sun by afternoon. Grab the jacket with a high tomorrow, 54 degrees. It stays cool on Saturday with partly sunny skies. The high 54 again. Sunny on Sunday, nice end to the weekend, with a high of 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Rose Tamburino. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the 5 o'clock hour, Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Okay, um, <laughs> see, we can't leave well enough alone. Uh, space-based advertising. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. This gets worse. Space-based advertising apparently has been on the minds of people since the Apollo missions. And now, the Russians have devised a plan where they would send up 50 satellites. A, it's called a 12U CubeSat. Uh, these satellites are about the size of a full paper grocery bag. The satellites would then enter a sun-synchronous orbit, meaning they'll always be in direct sunlight as they pass around the Earth. Once in orbit, the satellites would deploy large parabolic reflectors that would bounce sunlight down towards the Earth. These could be filled to to best present the sunlight to a targeted area that they are passing over, which would look like lights. So you could create a Pepsi logo. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You name it. They could rearrange themselves in patterns. That's horrible news. It cost about $65 million, they estimate, to be able to do this. The technology is there. It's just a matter of actually doing it. And the big question is, which, of course, the answer is, the big question is, who would like to see the night sky filled with advertising? The answer is no one. Can you imagine? I didn't think there'd be anything that I would dislike more advertising-wise than what happens at the top of buildings in our beautiful downtown area, which is filled with great architecture Mm -hmm. and a nice variety in that tiny little golden triangle. And now we have letters slapped on the top. It's the worst. There was a time when that was prohibited. Right. But we we can never go back to that time. There's never any going back. Because it's, you know, an ego thing and whatever. It's another way to make cash. But now, can you imagine going outside to look at the beautiful night sky? Wouldn't that be atrocious? And then you see a Pepsi ad or, you know, some gambling site or whatnot. Go, Daddy. It's going to (laughs) happen. It's probably going to happen. Yeah, it is. Of course, who could possibly? I mean, the amount for advertising during the Super Bowl, prohibitive, though a lot of people do it. 
But the cost for doing that, who's going to do that? People, what do you mean? Corporate America, the worldwide America, has deep pockets. They'd be happy to be sort of on the cutting edge of that, right? Don't you think the backlash would be so severe at that company, though, that it wouldn't be worth it? Maybe it would be. How, well, how did that not happen when we started putting letters up on top of buildings in Pittsburgh? Because we don't own the buildings, but everybody owns the sky. But the backlash, you're right, Gary, it, it would be pretty intense. Uh, enough that would, it would be a novelty that they would do it, maybe not continuously, but occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. To go outside and go, oh, look, GoDaddy.com, as I look at the Milky Way. Hmm? It's bad enough when you're watching a live concert on YouTube, and every six minutes we have to launch into a Fetterman Oz, you know. <laughs> oh, Fetterman was in the news today. Dishing the dirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fetterman was in the news yeah, and today. and the Post-Gazette as well. Let's talk about that a little later on the show. Okay. All right. Rough. And the Post-Gazette's on strike, apparently. Yeah, about 5 no one will notice. 535, we'll talk about uh, the PG being on strike, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about some new uh, details that have come out about John Fetterman at, in his role as lieutenant governor. Very nice. But next, I never thought about this. Are there different degrees of reward mm. in heaven? Mm-hmm. Jay Warner Wallace joins us. 101.5 WORD. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at scripture weekday mornings at 930. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Christian television is one of the best ways to tell the world the truth, where you don't have to live in chaos, and you can access peace and hope 
and that there is a God who loves you. Bridge of Hope is coming soon on Cornerstone Television Network. Get involved and hear from special guests, Auntie Ann Beeler, founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels, David and Nicole Binion, Jay Gilbert, Mike Smalley, and Jennifer Evaz. Join us October 3rd through 7th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Lots of things to occupy your time nowadays, aren't there? Right? I mean, the Internet's changed all of our lives. It's diverted attention from the basics. So in the mix of it all, does Jesus still matter to people? It does make you wonder when you look out at the world. You think, I increasingly feel like, well, this is what this is what I do. Mm-hmm. This is what my family does. And if I know when I t- say that to you, you're you're gonna that's gonna be outside your frame of reference, which is fine. Do you know what I, I I I'm I was thinking about this last night. I'm increasingly viewing myself as a minority in America. It's easy to think that. Yeah, I think I think it's true. Yeah, probably so. Jay Warner Wallace is back with us from Cold Case Christianity. Jim is a, a Dateline featured Cold Case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, adjunct professor at Biola, author of Cold Cold Case Christianity. And Jim, does Jesus still matter? Well, I think what you just said is really interesting in that we are in a world, if you think about it, where uh, people see truth claims as highly personal, subjective, mm-hmm. and and changeable. So you have your truth, Kathy, but I have my truth. And mm-hmm. you might have your truth about God, but I have my truth about God or the lack of God. Right. And that, since if truth is all grounded in personal opinion, then why would you think that your view is any better or worse than my view? Unless somehow you think you're a better or worse person than me. And there's the problem, I think, when we're talking about Jesus. When we say, is he valuable? Or we say Christianity is true. Do we mean, is he valuable for us? Or do we mean it's true for us? Or do we mean... This is true whether we like it or not, whether we have a view or not. It's tr- it's objectively true, a truth that transcends both of us. Now, I do think that, that Jesus still matters for a couple of reasons. And if the Gospels are true, and this is why I spent so many years before I became a Christian, I spent probably a year just trying to examine whether or not those Gospels were telling me anything true about the resurrection. The resurrection is the piece of evidence that changes everything, because yeah. if Jesus rose from the grave, he's in an entirely different category than others in history who even made claims about God. He'd be in a different category. So I needed to know, was this true? And then once I realized it was, look, I've been saying this a lot lately. The gospel fixes every kind of stupid you can think of. And we have a lot of stupid right now in in the world. (laughs) Sure do. And it turns out that the gospel actually does address different kinds of stupid that you might be experiencing, whether it's social justice stupid or it's marriage stupid or it's your kid's behavior stupid, whatever kind of stupid you think we're facing. It turns out the gospel has something to say about it. And actually describes the world the way it really is, describes our human nature the way it really is, designed in the image of God, capable of great beauty at the same time, duplicit and capable of great evil. This is the nature of all my cold cases, for example. So what I love about scripture is that it does two things. It is true. It's telling me something true about history. And uh, it's still, uh, it still matters in the sense it still applies to me. It's still, um, it's still relevant to me. It, it's, it's look, I've got a drawer here at my desk and I found in this drawer, I keep all kinds of manuals. And I found in this drawer a manual for a lawnmower that I have thrown away probably 15 years ago. I mean, I've been sitting in this drawer, this manual. <laughs> Good forever. thing you're keeping that, Tim. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, now the manual, as I pull it out, it still tells me something true. 
about a lawnmower, but it's no longer necessary to me because it no longer applies to my life. Mm-hmm. That lawnmower doesn't exist anymore. But the Bible does two things. It's true, and it's still necessary because it describes the world the way it really is. And Jesus, as the key figure in the New Testament, of course, uh, is, is still important because it turns out if you are watching this video or listening to this radio show today, you are listening to it on technology that is largely available to you based on the advances of science, which are, for the most part, stand on the shoulders of a scientific revolution in the 16th and 17th century, which was led by Christians, by Christ followers. It turns out the sciences were dominated and are still. Every major scientific discipline was fathered by somebody who was a Christ follower. Did you know that? No. Now, don't, I'm not saying I mean, there are a few that aren't, but not many. If you like chemistry, modern chemistry, fathered by a Christian. You like modern quantum mechanics, fathered by a Christian. It turns out the Christian worldview allowed great thinkers to see their study of the natural realm as an exploration of God's nature. And that drove them to do things that other groups just didn't do. It's not just that. It's education. Modern, the modern university is a product of Christian thinking. As a matter of fact, the top 15 universities in the world today were founded by Christians. Hmm. Whether they are still Christian or not is another issue. But you can go to those buildings and reconstruct the story of Jesus just from the buildings on those top 15 universities. Fabulous. The arts dominated. No one's been etched, sculpted, drawn, or painted more than Jesus of Nazareth. Music? The music comes out of the church, a church that meets every week and sings music in front of a live audience. That's been going on for centuries. And we have been innovators. No one's been sung about more than Jesus of Nazareth. As a matter of fact, I did a research of the top uh, 100 artists in the IMDb database, Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine. All but two in the last 100 years had sung something about Jesus. That can't be said of any other historical figure. <laughs> Nobody's been written about in literature more than Jesus of Nazareth. If you look at the Library of Congress or you do a Google book search, you will find that no one has impacted literature. There are Christ figures in fiction. That's not true of any other historical figure. No one has had an impact on literature, art, music, education, science, and even other world religions like Jesus of Nazareth. He alone has had that kind of impact in the common era, not just in the West, because everything in the West is now transferable by way of video and the Internet. It's a global impact. How do we explain that? It turns out if you are think if you're an atheist who thinks that things that really matter are literature, art, music, education, and science, well, you can thank Jesus for those because it turns out it was his followers who founded the very things that you think are still important, that you think still matter. They matter because of Jesus and his followers. Fabulous. Jim, I, I love this so much. This is so spot on. But I, I need to go back because you may be new to some of our audience. Now, your training is as a police officer and a cold case homicide detective. So you're saying that you are an atheist and nothing is probably is colder than the cold case of looking at Jesus resurrected from the dead. So drill down into that. Obviously, you're doing some deep research here. How did you come to the conclusion that that was right? Well, and let's let's face it, I I was not raised by Christians, and I wasn't raised around Christians. So I didn't know any Christians who could tell me much about Jesus, except the people I did know were the people I'd taken to jail. A lot of those folks told me they were Christians, and I just thought this whole thing was a joke. But we walked into a church because my wife was interested in seeing what it was all about, and we were together about 18 years before either one of us became Christians, and I just simply bought a Bible to see if Jesus was what the pastor had described in that church service. He said that Jesus was the smartest man who ever lived. 
And I wanted to see if that was true. And as I read through the Gospels, I realized, you know, this is an account. These are four accounts where people want me to believe that this sequence of events occurred in that particular order at that particular time at that particular location on the globe. So I thought, well, that's very similar to the kind of supplemental reports I get where I have no access to the witnesses or the report writers in cold cases. Let me take a look at those and see if I tested them under the four criteria, would they pass the test as reliable eyewitnesses? And they did. And so for me, that's what changed everything. Because once you, you recognize that or you, you come to the uh, conclusion that the Gospels are saying something true about Jesus, the very next move is to see if they're saying something true about you. Mm-hmm. And that's what changes things. Mm-hmm. That's how the Gospel fixes every kind of stupid. Not because it makes a claim just alone about Jesus, but because it makes claims about us and it calls us to do better. It calls us to trust, to bend our knee, to surrender to realize that your good works will never save you. But there is a Savior who does. And once you've surrendered to that Savior, the Spirit fills us and things begin to change. And every kind of stupid you can think of, every kind of ship that's been turned, can be righted again. And that's what I think we are at a point right now where we, the one thing that probably we're not allowed to talk about in culture, they'll probably get you thrown off these platforms faster than anything else, happens to be the one thing that could change the culture. Yet we're not allowed to talk about it. It's the one thing that fixes every kind of stupid. We have to be bold because it turns out that this kind of boldness will change our, our culture. But it, involving, it involves us to surrender. Right. That's the linchpin. If we don't well, surrender. Yeah, because you, what you're saying, Jim, is that there is like a line of demarcation um, mm-hmm. that, that we you know, I was thinking about, you know, you several of your cases have been featured on Dateline. If you look at the primetime uh, lineup on any, you know, major cable station, it's some kind of police drama or it's some kind of forensic drama or something like that. So people lo- appear to really love that uncovering of fact. Right. And, you know, when forensics became a big deal, maybe within the last 20 years. Right. Mm -hmm. Such a huge thing. Um, And people want to see how smart people can recreate something and then find out who's at fault. Right. So we we very much as a culture value fact up until the point where it indicts us or it's inconvenient. Right. So, yeah. So so talk about that. Yeah, part of it is that that we that what the, the when I'm looking for jurors on a case, a cold case that's going to go to trial, I'm looking for people who are passionate. Passion is important. That's why if you're going to go on a jury and you're going to sit there and argue passionately why you can't be on the jury, more than likely we're going to keep you on that jury because we like passionate people, even people who try passionately to get off the jury. So we're going to keep you if you're passionate. But we're also looking for people who are humble. People who won't think that they know more than the people who are going to bring on the stand to testify. People who won't let their pride get in the way of a decision. That's incredibly important because it turns out that pride is one of those things, probably the thing that keeps us from everything else. Mm-hmm. When if you look back at your life at all the mistakes you've made, you probably could trace them to the mm-hmm. fact that you were pretty prideful or thought you knew something that you didn't even know yet. Well, that's a big issue for all of us. So it turns out the gate that takes us out of our own self-reflective thinking we're all important is the issue of pride. Are you willing to surrender your pride? And it's hard to identify. By the way, wouldn't you want that in a spouse? Do you want a spouse who's so full of themselves, herself or himself, that they won't listen to anything you have to say? Of course not. And so in the end, I think this is the thing. This is why the surrender is such a big deal. Now, a lot of us, you know, I'm not willing to surrender to something I don't think is true, even if it's useful. 
And tr- to me, truth was the highest priority. I often say I'm not a Christian because it works for me. Because honestly, I think most of our listeners right now would say it's not working. Like you were saying, you're starting to feel like you're the one group that mm-hmm. that that you're in the minority. That's going to be happening soon. We're, we're probably still in the majority, at least of people who claim this identity. Claim. Whether or not they really are Christians is right. often another thing. But they would at least maybe probably 55 to 60 percent of the culture right now would say they are Christians of some nature. But the reality is that's shrinking every year by about a percentage or, or a percentage and a half. So it won't be long until we are the the minority in the culture. And then the question, of course, becomes, people look at us and say, well, you Iron Age, you, people believe in this Iron Age book, which is the source of all things that are wrong with the world. It's because of you folks that we have misogyny right. and racism and homophobia and transphobia and everything you can think, every phobia and ism that's evil. It's all because of you believing this Iron Age book. Well, that's, that's why I say it's not. So if you think this is going to work for you in the sense that it's going to do you some great service, you're going to get that job now because you mm-hmm. said you're a Christian. You're going to be popular on social media now because you said you're a Christian. Good luck with that. That's not going to happen. But here's the question. We have to make a choice. Do we want to be popular or do we want to be faithful? Because I don't think there's a way. I can't give you a strategy in which to make the teaching of Jesus popular. And he said it wasn't going to be. He said, blessed are those who are insulted and persecuted and falsely accused of all kinds of evil because of me. That he didn't say if, he said, blessed are you when. That means it's coming. And and we have to make a decision. Are we going to be faithful to Jesus, even though we're going to take all the insults and all the persecution that comes along with identifying? And I think this is a generation right now. Honestly, folks, I think this is a generation that doesn't really care whether it's true or not. What they care about is, do I want to wear the T-shirt? Do I want to identify with this when it's just going to bring all kinds of problems for me? I think what's going to happen first is people are going to become quiet about their faith. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they're just going to deny the faith altogether. So we have to make a decision. Are we willing to be part of a worldview that is not going to be popular? But it has this one advantage. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather be part of a, a truth claim. I'd much rather put my faith in a, a kind of an inconvenient truth than a convenient lie. Yes, And I think that's really where we are. It's true, but we need to necessarily act in accordance with the truth, which, of course, you know, you just made reference. I've arrested Christians. We say one thing and act a different way. Well, and I think this hypocrisy is what young people look at. And they'll say, this is really why I can't. I'm out. I'm out because uh, I've known some. And by the way, there's only three reasons why anyone rejects a claim. They either reject it because rational objections, emotional objections, or volitional objections. I think probably volitional objections, I don't want it to be true because I like being the god of my own world, is probably the lion's share of objections. But often the share, the objection is not, well, I've examined all the historical facts, and mm-hmm. I think you've got a problem with the statement right. from Josephus. It's not that issue. The issue is, you know what? I know a lot of Christians, and they're a bunch of jerks. Yeah. If that's what it is to be a Christian, I can't. If I got to vote that way, this is, I hear this a lot from millennials from Gen Z right now. Mm-hmm. If I got to vote that way to be a Christian, I can't do it. If I got to, not so much, if I got to vote for that candidate. Right. Oh, my gosh. So what I often will say is, well, I don't vote for, I've never voted for a candidate. I vote for future potential realities that come into existence because of a candidate Hmm. because i am trying to find i'm trying to shape a world that's closest to my christian worldview and the priorities of the gospel and sometimes you got to ride an ugly horse to get to that destination but i again it's not about 
is, is the question is one question is this true is christianity true i love it and i get quoted all the time i didn't say this c.s lewis said this and it's something i've repeated often enough that people think i said it. it's not me but if christianity is not true it's of no importance mm-hmm. we should walk away if it is true it's of critical importance the one thing it cannot be is moderately important right and that's why i think we have to help our kids to see that if this is true it's the kind of true that you're going to have to surrender to the same kind of truth that says, Hey, it's true that there's a train coming down these tracks. You shouldn't step on that train track. Well, is that really just my opinion or is there really a train coming? Because if it's just, you know, my truth, but it's not really true for you, then you can do whatever you want. But if it's true for both of us, we ought to stay off the tracks. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we have to help people see it really, it's going to start with us talking about the nature of truth first, and then we can move toward Christian truth. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity. And, of course, Jim, you've staked in many ways your career on this. Take a second and talk about Cold Case. I mean, you've reached a lot of people with the truth. Well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to write books that people are accessible. Like you said, Kathy, a lot of us, what we're doing is very similar to what historians do. But no one seems to be interested in historians Mm -hmm. when they should be. Because what we're talking about are historic claims related to God. So what I try to do is take the same principles I use in working events in the past where I don't have access to the witnesses anymore, but those are cold cases, and leverage them toward the gospel. And I've tried to do this in books that really take a, a, a detective twist. You know, I wrote the last book I wrote was called Person of Interest. And there I'm really trying to give you a strategy for no body murders where we don't have a body. And said, hey, if we hadn't had any information about Jesus from the Gospels, it turns out we could still solve this case because of his impact on culture. So you're looking at what leads up to a murder and what follows. So I think that that approach by being a detective will help people to see the truth about the Gospels. Amen. Check out several works. Uh, I would say Cold Case Christianity, I think, is still, how what, 10 years old? Almost 10 years. Yeah. We've been doing this in these interviews. I'm so glad to be. I'm grateful to you. You were my first interview, and now I can say today you're my last. <laughs> How about that? You know, a couple of weeks ago when John was on vacation, I was talking to uh, Karen Swallow Pryor, and I coined this term guest friend. Mm. People who've been guests for a long time and have become friends. Well, Jim, you were the first one. Yeah. Very oh, good. You're the best. I feel the same way. So we, got, we can't stop meeting like no, this. No, we can't. We but wait, can't. find this Cold Case Christianity on the web, isn't it? Yes, coldcasechristianity.com. Very nice. Jim, always a pleasure. Great to see you. You're doing excellent work. Please keep it up. We need to hear the truth. Thanks. Bye, Kathy. Thanks, John. Appreciate you both. Thank you. Coldcasechristianity.com. Fabulous work. Jay Warner Wallace. Take a quick break. Does this make sense? That's next. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you could get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So, yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. 
Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise? Join Alistair Begg in August 2023 to renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered as he shared the gospel along breathtaking cliffside villages. Simply call 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hey, ready to go? I sure am. My sleep has been great ever since I started treatment for sleep apnea. Well, nearly 30 million adults have it, including me. Now, let me guess. It was your snoring that gave it away? Oh, yes, it was. Intense snoring is one of the classic signs. Other signs include gasping for breath during sleep and daytime sleepiness. If untreated, the risk of heart disease and stroke increases. I didn't know that, but I'm glad to hear the treatment can help. Certainly can. To learn more about the warning signs, visit DefendSleep.com. Lots of clouds around tonight, below 49. A breezy, cool day tomorrow with a shower in some spots in the morning. Mix of clouds and sun by afternoon. Grab the jacket with a high tomorrow, 54 degrees. It stays cool on Saturday with partly sunny skies. The high 54 again. Sunny on Sunday, nice into the weekend with a high of 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Rose Tamburino. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Composting. Well, I want it to make sense. I'm sure it makes perfect sense. Personally, I don't compost. I'd probably feel better about myself if I did compost. I've got a neighbor who's got like a little composter bin. Mm Mm-hmm. She always seems pretty busy out there. They're cracked eggs and coffee grinds and leaves and whatnot. She's a very nice garden. So I, I would say, yes, composting makes perfect sense. Yes. Well, I completely agree. Oh, well, it makes easy, all the peasy. sense in the world. Why aren't we doing it? Well, do you have a garden? Yes. I don't have one. Oh, so there's no. So you don't have any impetus. What do I need? Okay, I do have impetus, but I don't. I don't really know how. It's and not it's, that hard. What do you, how do you? It's well. This it's is the way you talk about easy. apple pies. Making a pie is easy too, except well, you're not doing it. Like my neighbor's got like a little container, and I see her go out there, and she throws her junk in. Okay, but how? Okay, so the the, the container's a couple hundred bucks. I don't know. You can part. You don't have to need a container for a couple hundred bucks. She just. Don't go sterile train, yeah. 
Who does? Dar- oh, Doug Oster. Yeah, That's Doug right. Oster. He would. Let's invite Doug on the show. We'll talk about that. I feel badly about it because, of course, it makes all the sense in the world. What prevents you from doing it? Because it seems complicated, and I don't, I don't really it, know how it I is. I think you're overthinking it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Except, my, again, this is I, your I'm this is saying. your pie approach. I'm just saying. It does. Okay. okay. All right. Does this make sense? Diagramming sentences. Oh, my gosh. When it, What grade was diagramming? Uh, like re- fifth? Uh, fourth? I, I remember it clearly in ninth grade. Ninth grade? I, but that, that, not that that was the first time, but I remember doing it in ninth grade. You want to get my wife excited? You talk about diagramming sentences. It's like right up her alley. She's like, woohoo! She's that guy. Really? Yeah. To me, when I started doing it, where's the noun? Where's the predicate? Where's the little twisty things of flying everywhere? I'm like, what? Listen, I hated that. I did too. Thank you. I hated it. I did too. No way. It made no sense to me whatsoever. Does the sentence make sense or not? I I, I don't need to know all its building blocks. Oh, And I don't need to label them as such. Diagramming sentences. The Do worst. they still teach that? I wonder. I have no idea. I mean, for the clarity of writing, it does make. It's sense. good to know. I'd right. appreciate. It. Let's let's work on it for a week and then never touch it again oh. for the rest of our lives. Every time that it would come up, I'd go, oh, oh. my stomach would churn. I'd get all tight and makes crazy, me sick. But it does make sense. Like composting. All right, you heard it here. Composting and diagramming sentences. Hot topics today <laughs> in the ride home. <laughs> Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Dan Bremnis. Hold you tight. Good Lord from David Leonard. And Hold Me from Pittsburgh's own Vanessa Campagna. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. At the Original Mattress Factory, we use only the highest quality materials in our mattresses. And that starts with our inner springs. We build our mattresses with interlaced inner springs because we believe you deserve the best. But mainstream mattress brands use a lower quality encased coil system. So we put both springs to the test to find out which provides better support, conformance, and motion separation. You can see the results for yourself in our new video. Visit OriginalMattress.com or our YouTube channel to see how each inner spring performed. You wouldn't wear pants that are too tight or a shirt that doesn't fit just right. Just like clothes, there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mattress. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know that everyone has unique comfort preferences. Our knowledgeable, friendly sales team is here to help guide you and answer any questions you may have. Our no-pressure shopping experience allows our customers to take their time to find the mattress that meets their unique needs. Visit an OMF location today to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. 
Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Remember when I was a paper boy way back in the 70s, occasionally... Once in a while, the newspaper would go on strike. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. And the, the strikes would sometimes last months. And how do people get their, you know, their news? Television. I remember, um, who was the, Ed Shaughnessy? Ed Shaughnessy. He would read the comics on the news. Like, wow. here's what's happening. Yeah, that's how big that's it, rough. The, the newspaper was missed. Well, uh not nearly a big of a deal now, but as of midnight today, the Post-Gazette uh, is on strike. This is from the Trib. They picked the story. A Pittsburgh Post-Gazette employees who are members of Communication Workers of America, Teamsters Local and Pressman's Union, went on strike at midnight. The workers say they have been working without a collective bargaining agreement since March of 2017. They have not received a pay raise in 16 years. And maintain wow. the management has refused to bargain in good faith and made unilateral changes to their health care plan. Uh, Ed Mooney, he's the vice president of, of communications for the union, said they've shown our members nothing but disrespect. Uh, headquartered in Toledo, Block Communications, which owns the PG, the to- Toledo Blade, cable TV systems, a construction firm and multiple television stations, uh, the health insurance was terminated October 1st. Prior to that, union officials said those workers were paying more than 8% of their wages toward insurance premiums. And now they don't have any insurance. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ed Mooney says it's outrageous that Block Communications, a billion-dollar corporation, refuses to pay a small sum to maintain appropriate health insurance coverage for these hardworking employees. However... A statement forwarded by Post-Gazette Marketing Director Allison Latchin said the company has offered the union several options to ensure the continuation of health care for affected employees. Nothing about the raises. Mm-hmm. 16 years without a raise. It's a long time. It's a long time. Now, Think how much has changed in 16 years. 16 years? Holy smokes. Here's the deal. So the 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 physical paper will not be produced. As of airtime, I went on the PGU website, it's up and running. Here's the confusion I have, though, is that I got the press release from the Communication Workers of America um, because I'm on the PG, you know, media feed. Feed. Yeah. Um, and it's 
talking particularly about mailers and typographers represented by the Communications Workers of America. Um, so, so that has to apply to the print version yep. of the TRIB. However, it also includes advertising sales and accounts receivable, which would have to include the online version. Sure. So I'm not sure how there's still an online version, or at least there's not going to be for very long, if advertising sales are on strike. Well, you would also imagine, you know, the people who work online, that probably is not a union position, right? So they're still producing. Mm. They still have well, jobs. So, so you think that there's there are, there's a different sales force? There might be a sales force yes. for digital sales? Yes. And what, I can't imagine that. No, I, I can't. I think that would be confusing. I think there's an old guard at the Post-Gazette or the, an old guard at any newspaper that the union has been in there forever and ever and ever. And then as they transition to new media, they leave the unions behind. I think that's probably what's happened. My guess is probably this will be the demise of the print edition of the Post-Gazette, most likely. Because who gets the Post-Gazette print edition? Right. Right? I mean, it only you only get two days anyway, right? Is it the Sunday paper and the Thursday paper? Right. So who's really getting that? I mean, you know, oldsters who like that print edition, but everybody else, you're just going to be a click away. Anyway, it's a heartbreak and a really sad state of affairs, but it's not surprising. Really However, to think about affairs. the Block family not giving these people raises in 16 years, come on. I mean, That's I'm, crazy. That is crazy. It is. That's not, you're not operating in good faith. No, that's for sure. All right. Well, speaking of said Post-Gazette, because what's interesting about the Post-Gazette is Post-Gazette or any newspaper, that's the importance of the free press, because the free press holds people accountable, right? Those Woodward and Bernsteins who were once among us in droves are now very narrowly limited in their scope because, of course, established media has shrunk. But in today's PG, ironically, Mark Levy and Brian Slodisko, S-L-O-D-Y-S-K-O, Slodisko, have an article that goes into great detail about John Fetterman and his extremely light work schedule as lieutenant governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Records from Mr. Fetterman's four years in office, which, of course, is because it's the press, You know, the free press has ability, access, as anyone does, to lawmakers' daily work schedules. Mm -hmm. They are open to the public. They're elected representatives. They're required. We are their bosses. So records from Mr. Fetterman's four years in office offer a different portrait of his time in office. The lieutenant governor position pays a very handsome salary of $179,000 per year. That lieutenant governor pays that much. And... This to me is. Well, let me thing. just break in and say, I think that the president of the U.S. gets something like four hundred and eleven thousand. Well, the lieutenant okay. governor is doing just fine. I cannot believe that, and I mean, it's not like Pennsylvania is the biggest state in the union, Mm-mm. and that we can possibly afford that. Look at what we spend on state legislatures in this state. It's it's, it's a, it really right? is. Plus, it's I mean, my state senator lives in my neighborhood. Great house. Beautiful Lincoln town car sitting in his driveway. Mm-hmm. These guys get all these different perks. Right. So if you imagine if you're the governor or the lieutenant oh governor, gosh. you're getting the perk yeah. of perks. Of course. So here's John Fetterman. The first job the man has ever had. Right. The first job. Right. He's 49 He's a trust fund years kid. old. Right. 
49 years old, the first job you ever get is $179,000. That would be nice. So, as they go into these details, they see that he doesn't show for work more than a third of the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The review found that Mr. Fetterman's daily schedule was blank during roughly one-third of workdays from January of 2019 when he first took office to May of this year when he suffered a stroke. The findings, which focus entirely on his tenure before his stroke, are notable because Mr. Fetterman points to his time as lieutenant governor as a leading credential in his Senate campaign and as a bid for a seat that could swing the Senate majority becomes more competitive, some Democrats privately worry that he's providing a lackluster candidate and losing ground in the campaign. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt well, about clearly that. clearly is losing ground in the campaign. All the numbers show that. But, okay, let me back up, though. Lieutenant Governor wasn't his first job because he was the mayor of Braddock first. That was not a paid position. Really? That's not a paid position? No. I didn't know that. Braddock's broke. I didn't know it was a paid position. Or I didn't know it wasn't a paid position. Okay, so this is first paid. Okay, so if if your first job you get, your first paid employment is at the age of 49, no wonder you don't know how to work because you've, you no you've never had to do it. Right. Someone has to say, you know, you've got to be here at this particular time, right? Right. right? The job of lieutenant governor, which means you, you preside over the state senate. So you are required. Uh, doesn't he have to be at every at well, every meeting of the senate? Apparently he missed it, Right. Apparently, he missed all these things. As lieutenant governor, he says, my record of showing up and shaking up this office has transformed the Board of Pardons, saved Pennsylvania millions in taxpayer dollars, and grown support for our state for defunding, uh, for defending LGBTQIA rights, weed legislation, union workers, <laughs> and raising for. them. That's his. That's oh, his. it's his. Right. So we're, we're all about weed legislation. Mr. Fetterman's daily schedule, according to this article, offers a window into his time in office, uh, detailing his obligations, including meetings, phone calls, hearings, and even drive time to events around the state. His first year in office, he regularly attended ribbon cuttings and conducted a statewide listing tour focused on legalizing marijuana. Still, on 47 different workdays, he had nothing on his schedule. His workload plummeted during the coronavirus pandemic. For months, starting in March of 2020, his workdays often consisted of a morning meeting focused on the pandemic that lasted 45 minutes, sometimes followed by interviews with local and national journalists. Occasionally, he would attend attend virtual events. There's a lot to be said about this guy. Uh, Like, I wish he had some issue other than legalizing weed. Well, you don't show for your job. This is your first... The idea of a trust fund baby, the, the, the irony to me is that in Pennsylvania, especially in southwestern Pennsylvania, the working class blue collar, we pride ourselves. Of the state. We, you know, anytime, you know, the steel again, the hardworking men and women of Pennsylvania, of Pittsburgh, you know, you see that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to gleefully promote this guy to be a senator who's never right. had a job, who's lived off his family fortune and who hasn't paid his taxes. Yeah. See, that's what I don't get. And so we rarely talk about politics. But you see this thing in the Post-Gazette and you think the guy gets all this money, a very handsome, a handsome salary. You're paying. And he doesn't show up for work half the time. Right. So let's not promote him to another job that he's not going to show up for. And he represents the hardworking people who's never had a job. 
That just hacks you off. Politics is a very weird bedfellow. Now, look, there's a lot to be said about Dr. Oz right. as well. I mean, who, yeah, this guy's no. not like, you know, Mr. Clean. Right. Because, you know, was he even a member of the, you know, this, did he belong to the state of Pennsylvania as a citizen? Exactly. Very convenient to move here. <laughs> right, it is. Right? It's so, like Hillary Clinton moving to New York. Right. So politics is an equal opportunity offender to the sort of basic tenets of life that you and I hew to. Right. But these guys, they get a free pass because they're super connected politically so, or they're super rich. Right. And the fact that one of these guys is going to represent us is a crying shame. I believe it is. I, tr- I truly do believe it is. Anyway, we rarely opine on politics. Yeah, but, but that, this glaring that thing explode. about Fetterman. Take a quick break. Come back. It's the ride home. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803. Don't wait. Call now. 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So, yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with. You can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. 
October 6th, and that means, of course, that some people are already storing up Halloween candy for the end of the month. Some people are already imbibing it, indulging their own, you know. I've done that. Sweet. You've had Halloween candy already? (laughs) Yeah. You have? Yeah, of course. What do you mean, of course? Well, you know, you go into the grocery store and there's like a wall of it. Yeah. Calls my name. I'm willing to answer. What have you had? Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You have? Mm Mm-hmm. And Baby Ruth. I can't believe you haven't shared this with me before now. <laughs> well, it just kind of came up. You know, it's something that I'm going to Are you advertise. ashamed? A little. <laughs> I am. A little bit. I mean, you know, because it's... <laughs> I mean, because once you have one peanut butter cup, well, can two be far behind? No, well, no. Thank you very much. <laughs> and if two are far behind, what the heck? All right. So I'm going to tell you this. This was in today's uh, USA Today. Yeah. Um, The most popular and hated Halloween treats. Okay, so this is nationwide. Mm -hmm. The most popular Halloween candies. This is as calculated by CandyStore.com, who've been around since 2007. And a couple of these were very surprising to me. Okay, let me guess. The Mm -hmm. most hated? Uh, Wait, can we just talk about... uh, Okay, the let's talk about best. Okay. Let's do worst. Oh, the best. Well, it, it wouldn't matter what... As long as it's full size... It's the best. Okay. They are, they're not talking about size. Oh, they're not. Mm-mm. Size matters. Size really doesn't matter okay. here. <laughs> Milky Way? Uh, Milky Way is not in the top what? 10. Milky Way's not? It is not. It not I'm telling the... you, it is not in the top 10. All right. You run down the list here. Okay. Number 10, nerds. I don't like a nerd. I can't, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Number nine, Butterfinger. I love a Butterfinger. Eight, Hershey Bar. Plain old Hershey Bar. I'm surprised that cut the top 10. Yeah. Hershey with almonds. Uh, yeah. Number seven? Yeah. Twix. Meh. Six, Kit Kat. I like a Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. Five, Sour Patch Kids. Do, do not like them at all. I think that was Christie's one of Christie's It was. It was her ones. absolute yeah. favorite. Number four, Snickers. Snickers, yes. Number three, Skittles. No, that's bad news. I was... Number two, M&M's. Mm. Number one, what you just said, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. That's the number one. But a Milky Way, not in the top 10. I'm really surprised by that. Worst. Worst. You want to guess some well, things? You would have think, you know, Sour Pass kids would have been on the worst list. Nope. Yeah, give me the, give me the worst list. Number 10, mm. Black Licorice. Oh. Which you and no- I love it so much. I'd eat those nibs. Me too. Yeah. Number nine, my favorite candy of all time. What? Good and Plenty. That's is on a- the most hated list. I like a Good and Plenty. Good and Plenty. Gary, yeah. you like Good and Plenty. Can't remember what it tastes. Oh what? my god! He's not a scary. candy guy. You're not a candy guy, are you? Good and not particularly. No, see, yeah. they're the little I like p- butterfingers a lot. There you go. No, no, Clark no. Bars. Oh, Clark bars. Yeah, yeah. They're- okay, but it's nothing like that. Good and plenty is black mm-hmm. licorice inside the little tablet-shaped things that are pink and white. Sounds pretty horrible. Oh. No, they're good. They're very, very. Number good. Number eight, Tootsie yeah. Roll. I don't mind a Tootsie Roll. Number seven. Yeah. This is the worst candy ever. Mm. Well, it's Mary Jane's. Oh, no. Mary Jane's a good candy. Mary Jane, that is disgusting. That's a good candy. No, no, no. That's a horrible candy. No. Who was it who said it's like peanut butter and hair? (laughs) Number six. (laughs) Wax Coke bottles. I like them. You can't like them. I like them. them. I do. It's a very nostalgic candy. Happy to have it's a not wa- candy. It's, it's it is it's, wax. It's it's wax with liquid, weird liquid in it. I like it. That's it shouldn't be. It's nope. not. It shouldn't even be edible. It is. People love it. Five. Okay. Necco wafers. Uh, my wife likes Necco They're wafers. They're okay. Four Smarties. 
I like I enjoy a smarty. A smarty. Yeah, me too. Number three, peanut butter kisses, which I don't think I've ever had. Mm, I don't know what that is. Number, well, you know, like instead of a Hershey's kiss, it's oh, a peanut those little kiss. things. I yeah. like those. Yeah. Number two, yeah. This is going to hurt your family. Mm. Circus peanuts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because that's disgusting. That is pretty bad. And yeah. number one, yeah. candy corn. Yes, of course, candy corn. Mm-hmm. Nowhere is the old stale popcorn ball. The popcorn ball is oh, awful. Oh, that's the worst. That, that, I'd that say is that's awful. the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. That's coming up. Okay. I, I'm happy to invite any time. We should I do like a good and plenty is what we we need okay. more of I'm in the world. I'm bringing some in. A production of Salem Media Group. 